Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast. Uh, with you today is myself, Josh, and with me is Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? Oh, pretty good. It was, uh, I would say, a very exciting week of football. Um, some things didn't really go my way in fantasy. Some things did. But overall, I think the entertainment value this week was like top notch, especially with that that Bills comeback. That was that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, they've uh... now, you know, I don't know if that speaks more to the Bills or to the Ravens, because that's the second time the Ravens have allowed that, something like that to happen. <laughs> but that was definitely a, a fun game to watch. I yeah, didn't expect... I think I'd... I just think Allen kind of took the game over, you know, like he, he did. He was just a couple of the plays where he just kept the ball and ran. He was just, I'm not going to slide. I'm not going down. I'm getting the yards I need. I'm going to tackle, you know, roll, roll over the tackles and just kind of see what happens. So, yeah, I get it. Like the Ravens defense is not what it once was, but I think Allen also just took that game over at one point in time. Oh, absolutely. And then I don't know what the Ravens offense was doing. They kind of just disappeared at halftime. Like they never scored again. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> They just took the rest of the game off, I guess. Which is my always been my problem or concern about drafting Lamar Jackson. Like I get, I mean, he has such an incredible year to start, and I get he's a top end quarterback, and I understand why he's a first round pick, and I get all that. I've just always been like, yeah, he'll put up forty plus points, and then he'll he'll get ten or fifteen, and he'll disappear. Like he just has a consistency issue that I think hurts at the kind of the wrong time. So that's why for me, Lamar Jackson has always been below that, that level we talk about of like, Oh, they're, they're matchup proof and you can throw anyone in there. To me, Lamar Jackson's just, just below it. I understand everyone else loves him, and I'm in the minority in that thought, but he's just the inconsistencies I think hurt him. Yeah. I, I think part of that is the inconsistencies in their, run game right because mm-hmm. really without a strong run game defenses can just focus in on Lamar so maybe now that J.K. Dobbins is kind of getting mixed into it and starting to actually be regularly involved coming off that injury maybe things will change for Jackson and he can open it up a bit more but I mean he's still through four weeks he's still their leading rusher and your quarterback shouldn't be your leading rusher. <laughs> well, so here's a question for you then. Do you think that the Ravens have a worse running game than the Bills do? No, I don't. Sorry, the Ravens have a worse one than the Bills? Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at that comp- of something you just said about well, people can focus on Lamar Jackson. I would say you could make the same claim about Josh Allen that people focus on him because Singletary is not a, you know, a elite top end running back. So somehow Allen is able to push through a lot of these moments right now, whereas Jackson, I think isn't. So the comparison between the two teams offensively is kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But I think the difference is that the Ravens haven't been able to, because of the injury to Dobbins and not wanting to re injure him um, as they work him back in. Whereas the bills have just historically, refused to run Devin Singletary. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like last week was the most 
carries that he's had in a game this season, and he only had 11. Mm -hmm. So they just don't like running Devin Singletary, and I've found, and I know you're a a Bills fan, so I'm sure Mm -hmm. you're aware of it, they like to work in different running backs rather than just keeping with one. They like to throw in a couple different people, like Zach Moss will get some some playing time, Um, and they also like to use Singletary in a different style of run where they try to throw, you know, either pitch toss to him or throw it to him. And then he, he runs and takes off. Um, I guess it's just when I think about the two teams, I think that. So if Dobbins is healthy, like let's just say he's hundred percent healthy. Are you starting him or Singletary on your fantasy team? Honestly, I'd probably go with Dobbins just because I think that the Ravens, It is, yeah, but yeah, I, I ultimately yeah. think the Ravens would use him more mm. uh, because we've seen now for, what, two, three seasons with Singletary that uh, they just don't want to commit to him. Right. And whereas I think the Ravens would be willing to because of what it would do for Lamar and his passing game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of kind of my point a little bit is that the two teams are very similar. And the reason why I think Josh Allen is playing like an MVP and Lamar Jackson isn't, and this isn't just because I'm a Bills fan, it's it's because Josh Allen is just able to get across that issue. They have the same issue right now, at least. They're not going to run the ball. They they can't. They don't have the run support. So Allen does it himself. Jackson does it himself. And for whatever reason... Allen is being more successful at it. And I think a part of that is Allen is a more consistent quarterback to me than, than Jackson is at least right now that could change because Lamar Jackson for the, what we were talking about last week is so far with the exception of this week against the bills, which is a really strong defense. He's looked like an MVP again. So that could change where Jackson smooths out those issues. And I think, I think this would be an amazing deep playoff game between the Ravens and the Bills, and I'm really hoping that's what we get because that was that was pure entertainment. Honestly. Yeah, and whatever's going on with the Ravens, they just need to sort that out so they can finish the games because, I mean, that could have easily been uh, like 35-40 end, end score, right, rather than 23-20 because the Ravens stopped doing anything, so all the Bills had to do was focus on getting above 20. Yeah, right. yeah. I think we would have seen a lot a more... Point. Yeah, I thought we could have seen a lot more highlight plays, you know, like Josh Allen slinging it for Diggs down the field. But Because I have Diggs, I would have liked to see that as well. Um, I bet. But uh, unfortunately, didn't didn't happen as much. But but overall, like not just that game, every game I watched this weekend and, and the Monday night or two, like it was just pure entertainment. I think the parity in the league is up this year. Like I think there's a little bit more of a question mark on matches which I like. I like to see a little bit more of that. Um, you have to be a little more strategic when you're putting your fantasy team together because you you are going to see parity. The, the league is a little more balanced than I think it's been in the past couple of years, and it's making for fantastic football days. I haven't been this excited about like each Sunday since the, the NFL came back or, well, they didn't really like miss any time from the pandemic, but when they, they sort of came back in the half and all we had on was sports. I don't know how it was uh, for you, Josh, but the early days of the pandemic, after a couple of months of nothing, we we got like 
hockey's in a bubble, basketball's in a bubble, NFL's starting. And that was an exciting time because it was a great distraction. And I'm feeling that way again now where it's just every Sunday is just going to be pure entertainment. I love oh, it. yeah, it absolutely is. So it makes it very hard for trying to predict things. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then, what, a great, what a great segue into your conquers and busts, because you were saying before, and I don't <laughs> want to misquote you, but you were saying to me before we started recording that you either hit a home run or completely struck out on every single player this week. Like it was, there was nothing in between. It was either yeah. amazing or just terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, what? it, uh, you know, like some of them, I was glad I was wrong. Like I usually am because you want to see them do well. But wow, that, you know what? Let's just go into quarterbacks. We'll yeah, start with Jared Goff. <laughs> we'll start with Jared Goff because he's a perfect example. I mean, he had none of his top tier weapons and he threw for 378 yards and four touchdowns. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> like, I just, I don't even know who this guy is anymore because he was not playing this way with the Rams. Like the Rams always had such a balanced team when he was there and they kind of almost made it as far, like not in spite of him, but it was just like, Oh, you just have to be an okay quarterback. And then you did Matthew Stafford to get them over the hill. What's going on with Goff? Well, I think the, the difference now is that he's playing on a team that has just given up on playing defense. So, <laughs> By necessity, he has to keep scoring or they're going to lose every game. <laughs> Have you seen any of the interviews or like any sound bites from the Lions head coach? No. Okay. You've got to look them up whenever you have a free time. He is one of the most ridiculous and hilarious individuals. And I like he's trying to be super serious, but he just always says something that comes off absolutely ridiculous. Um, and he's just such a hard nose. Like he, his first introductory speech when he took over the team was like how they were going to bite off kneecaps. Like oh, I do remember team. hearing about that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. There's been more. He's, he's like doing burpees at practice with teammates. And some, some people are like, what is this guy doing? Like the head coach is out here <laughs> working out and being all crazy. And some, you can see the expression on some team of like some of the lions that just like, this guy's weird. <laughs> he's a lot. Go whenever you have a free moment. Go look up some of his sound bites. He's really hilarious. Hey, maybe that's just what Jared Goff needed, you know? Just needed someone who was crazy taking care of him. <laughs> um, some other conquerors for the week at the quarterback position were Geno Smith, Josh Allen, we already talked about, uh, Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, surprisingly, in a yeah, Sunday night football that. matchup. They both yeah. had great games. Uh, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert all... Uh, performed very well i'm a little concerned about murray but we're going to talk about that later so i'll skip over that for now okay yeah i mean the only of, of the other quarterbacks left the only one that maybe is worth touching on a little bit is what's going on in seattle i mean i think they've had with Geno smith they've had a couple weeks now where they've played very well and they just i mean they went touchdown for touchdown right shot for shot with the lions i mean that was that was a pretty uh wild offensive game yeah so I, th- I think that was helped by them finally being able to open up that run game because it makes it a lot easier to run your passing offense when a defense has to honor the run and respect it. Because if they're if they know you can't run, they're not going to have as many defenders up front, right? So it makes it a lot harder to throw for any worthwhile gains. But once Rashad Penny started carving them apart you kind of have to respect that and do your best to stop it 
and then that opens up a lot more for Geno Smith to throw over the top. And Geno Smith is <clears throat> sorry, Geno Smith is not a bad quarterback. I mean, he's I mean, he was behind Russell Wilson for how many years learning from him? Mm-hmm. And now he's just finally in a position where he can basically step into the role that Russell had with the same weapons. I mean, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett didn't go anywhere. And those are guys that you want to be able to throw the ball to. And he's certainly made the most of them. Yeah. And he's even been like Will Disley had another touchdown this week. He's bringing in guys that we had long written off for fantasy and just making them a part of the offense. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Okay, cool. What are some of your busts? Well, I think Justin Fields just has a a regularly scheduled appointment in this section of the column now. I don't know if he'll ever leave this. He he did have more than 20 throws this week, so that's a start. Um, that, that is some improvement. But unfortunately, they, uh, they're they still a disappointment as an offense, and you mm-hmm. should stay away from them. Now, Trevor Lawrence, uh, I know you were in a bad position for fantasy quarterbacks this week in our, our home league game, Mike real rough week um you know i have i had tua who had an unfortunate injury uh on thursday and i mean it sounds like he's getting better on the mend which is great for him um and then yeah i had trevor lawrence as my number two i had already played tua so it didn't really matter but it's never a great feeling to look at that bench and see that your other quarterback couldn't do anything either (laughs) yeah i mean he had five turnovers that uh that's not a good week. You're not going to have a good week when you're doing that. Nope. And I think part of it was a combination of the weather. It was a very rainy game, if you didn't watch. And, I mean, the Eagles defense is just very good. So we were wondering who was going to come out on top on that, and clearly it was the the Eagles D. But I think Trevor Lawrence will have better weeks ahead of him. I hope so. Um, I, I have a tough decision to make now between him and Geno Smith, who I picked up in a trade. So Geno Smith's having a pretty good season. Great week last week. Trevor Lawrence, I have a lot of faith in that he's going to have a really good year and that hopefully this was just a blip. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm hoping that Trevor Lawrence uh, does a little bit better there. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the quarterback busts were Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, and Matthew Stafford in the Monday night game. Mm. Um, moving on to running backs, though. Austin Eckler was one of the the starts of the week last week. He did great. Got into the end zone not only for the first time this year, but uh, for the second and third time as well. So he had a big week for fantasy. Great week. And another start was Rashad Penny, who we already talked about. He he finally got the run game going against the non-existent Lions defense. Another two touchdowns for him. So, unfortunately... Now we move into one where I was, instead of the home run, I was the opposite. Uh, Miles Sanders. He, <laughs> you know, if I had known that they were, they were going to be playing in the weather conditions that they were, I probably wouldn't have recommended sitting him. I don't know if I would have said start him, but whenever it's a rainy game, the offenses usually will stick to running the ball because you're less likely to turn it over. Yeah, and that's pretty much exactly what the Eagles did. I mean... They had, I don't even know, they didn't have a passing touchdown, actually. Yeah, all their touchdowns were on the ground. So, clearly, that was their offensive philosophy. I mean, Miles Sanders had two touchdowns. 
think Kenneth Gainwell had one. Hertz ran one in. So if I had known they were going to be playing in the weather like that, I don't think I would have said to sit him. But I I know I wouldn't have said to start him either. So I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess it would have been more of a, if you didn't have anybody else, you could throw him in there, I suppose. But yeah, you you definitely weren't able to predict the weather and how um, how they would utilize him, especially in like red zone conversions, especially some great running. He had an amazing week. So yeah, I mean, good for him. Will that be consistent and he keeps it up? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, he's definitely playing better than he was last year. But uh, with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, I mean, there's no guarantee that Hurts doesn't take every red zone carry either, you know? Mm -hmm. Another uh, running back who we were wrong about was uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and his hyper-efficiency. Looks like it it worked for another week. But uh, surprisingly, they actually gave him a season-high carries this week. So maybe... They are going to start leaning on him more in that role rather than, you know, just eight, nine, ten carries a game. This week yeah. he had nineteen, yeah, and uh, he had a touchdown on the ground and he had one catch that he managed to bring in for a touchdown on a pretty broken play. Actually, it was quite impressive to watch that Mahomes was able to find him. But uh, I'm still not sold on Clyde Edwards Alaire. I I think if you have him, you should be trying to sell him and just capitalize on that because I really don't know that it's going to last. It's hard to say with the Chiefs. It's really yeah. Hard it's always hard to not want to have a part of Mahomes' offense, but I just don't like the the numbers there for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Unless right. if if they keep using them the way they did this week with almost twenty carries, then that would that would change my mind. But mm-hmm. if they go back to he's only getting seven, eight, nine carries a game, then eventually the wheels are going to fall off and he's not going to get in the end zone, and you're going to be left with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Some other running backs, uh, Jamal Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce finally broke mm-hmm. out as the RB1 in the same game as Eckler, actually. So he had a great game, and it seems like the Texans are going to have to force him the ball because Davis Mills is not doing well as a quarterback. No, so they don't have a choice. They don't have any other options yeah, <laughs> going they, for them. <laughs> unfortunately for the Brandon Cooks managers, like – even when he's the main guy, if the guy throwing you the ball is terrible, it's just not going to work out. But uh, good news if you have Damian Pierce, because it looks like they're going to be focusing on running him a lot this year. Yeah. Um, some of the busts that we had. Uh, now, a few of these are due to unfortunate injuries. And Jonathan Taylor with a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And Javante Williams with a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Ooh, and rough one. I think if you're... The Javante Williams manager now, by the time this comes out, obviously, waivers have already run. I really don't know what's going to happen in that backfield now with Melvin Gordon and Michael Boone. Because Gordon does not want to seem to hold on to the football this year. He's dropped it quite a few times. Yeah, it's it's such a shame that he's gone for the year, too. Because really... Yeah, in in other situations, you would just, okay, I'm going to go try and pick up whoever is going to be the, the next running back for this team. But yeah, with, with the Broncos specifically, I think you're right. Like I, w- what's going to happen with these, with these two running backs? Like it's, it is a tough situation. You, as a manager, you basically have to like, you got to get, you got to move on from him, unfortunately, unless you're one of those leagues that have the, you know, an injury spot that you can keep someone. But if he's gone for the year, there's probably no point. Someone else is going to get injured, be gone for three or four weeks that you want to keep. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I would mean, think you got to move on from him. 
yeah, you, you might as well just take them off your off your team unless you're in some sort of dynasty or keeper format. Then obviously keep them. But if you're just in a simple redraft, yeah, get rid of them. You don't need them clogging up your IR spot. He's not going to be back this season, even for fantasy playoffs. Uh, some other names: uh, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. They both performed terribly against the 49ers defense. And uh, the Jacksonville backfield, Travis Etienne Jr. and James Robinson, they just could not get anything going against the Eagles mm-hmm. this week. Moving on to our wide receivers, Justin Def- Jefferson started out very slow, and it didn't look like it was going to be a good week, but finally Kirk Cousins decided, hey, if we're going to we're going to pull off this win. I should probably throw him the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said in the last episode, you know, he's your best receiver. Why, w- why would you throw him the ball? You know, but yeah, exactly. Why, why would you do that? And that, speaking of like, that's another extremely entertaining game from this week. Like that. Oh yeah. That was a great game to watch. Fantastic game. Um, and I think, you know, you're right. Like finally it's something clicked in him saying, oh, maybe I should actually do this. And I think this was one of the first times that like being under the big spotlight didn't get to him. Because I think, didn't we talk about that last week about Kirk Cousins? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe it's just the, the Monday, Monday night, night spotlight. Yeah, it's just the Monday night, yeah. Because he, he was definitely <clears throat> under the spotlight and he did a great job. Yep, you know, he absolutely did. Uh, some other great games for the wide receivers were DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, um, who just had an insane 57-yard catch and run against the Rams for a touchdown. Uh, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb. We'll move on to – there's quite a few more names. It was actually a pretty good week for wide receivers, but we'll move yeah. on to the busts. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> offense seemed to be up quite a bit this week, I was noticing. Like, scores were starting to climb. Finally. Yeah, and I, and I think that's part of just the natural rhythm of the NFL, you know, you because – Working with your offense against your own defense through training camp and against second, third strings in the preseason is one thing, but it takes a few weeks to kind of see how you click against yeah. the starters of another team. Totally. And so now I think we're just starting to finally see that, so I think we should see that trend continue for the rest of the season. Um, some busts this week. Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, the Colts as a unit did not do well. And losing Jonathan Taylor certainly didn't help with that. Um, but but Matt Ryan has not been good for fantasy or, or the NFL really this year. So unfortunately for Michael Pittman, he's suffering from that. Uh, we had high hopes about him going into the season as the number one wide receiver there. But like I said before, with uh, Davis Mills, you know, if the guy throwing you the ball is no good, then there's only so much you can do. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Uh, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Jarvis Landry, Drake London, Amari Cooper all had poor games this week for different reasons. Mm. And tight ends this week, TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> the guy. Wow. Goff's target. <laughs> yeah, we said last week that the passes had to go somewhere, and he made the most of it. I mean, 179 yards and two touchdowns. Like, are you kidding me? That is... I believe the best tight end finish on the season so far. Mm. And he's a top five tight end right now because, I mean, 
It's a little overinflated because if you look at the rest of the starts, they've all been very bad or <laughs> average. But uh, when you're scoring that many touchdowns and have that many yards, I mean, that's going to certainly bump you up a bit. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that for some people, that's enough to to if you know if you've got another tight end, you could you know try to make sure you've got him in your lineup. Um, I don't. I don't know if anyone has him in our league actually. Come, come to think of it, I don't think anyone. He uh, he was just picked up on waivers actually after this. Oh, explosive week. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah, I, I think if you've got another tight end, you can throw him in there because clearly Goff after often a quarterback will look around and say, "Oh, this person had a great week. I'm going to try to feed them the ball a bit more and see see what they can do." He might not be always able to do that, but still, it's worth. I think it's worth the risk if you've got another spot. Like if you've got someone else, why not play him? Well, like like we've said, I mean, unless you've had Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, like really, mm-hmm. you've been hurting at the tight end position. So yeah, if he's available, why not pick him up and see if he can maybe turn this into something a bit more consistent. If yeah. he doesn't, then you didn't lose anything anyways because you were already hurting at the tight end position. Um, and some other big names for the tight ends this week. Uh, Mo Alley-Cox had two touchdowns this week. Travis Kelsey, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. So the Rams actually switched gears and uh, decided that having Matthew Stafford throw the ball a lot would be more beneficial for them, even though it did not work out. They uh, he Stafford threw the ball 48 times, and Higby was the uh, target on 14 of them, so... They switched back to how it looked in week one. Mm. Um, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I'm, I don't mind when I'm wrong about stuff like that because now it means that the trend has been broken and maybe he'll continue to do well through the rest of the year. Yeah. Or they might just start declining again, unfortunately, with how Stafford's arm is and how the Rams just seem to be operating. I don't know if there is going to be that consistent consistency there or not, but we'll see. If you if you have Higby on your team, though, I guess you might as well keep him because he's the wide receiver, too, for the team, even though he's the tight end. I mean, Allen Robinson is getting nothing. So it's not the worst option to have. But we'll move on to some tight end busts. Mark Andrews was by far the biggest bust of the week at the tight end position. Mm, yeah. Um, I was now, t- I know... He had a tough game. He, like, that was that was tough. He did, and, and I watched, I was flipping between that one, that game and another one, and it seemed like every time I was watching, Andrews would bring in a nice catch, and then it would get called back for a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's kind of what I mean. Like, it's, is that, there's not much he can do sometimes. Like, sometimes you make a catch and your O-line takes a penalty, or there's there's something that happens away from you, and everything you just did was, you know, you used all that energy, burned all those carbs, and then you got to go back to the line and do it again. <laughs> yep. No, it uh, it seems like every time that he had a catch more than 10 yards down the field, it, it came back. So it was frustrating to watch, but nothing you can do. I mean, you're not going to not play Mark Andrews. So No, just you're going to gonna play him, and he's going to have those weeks. But for the most part, you know, that's, that's not always going to happen. No, exactly. And uh, George Kittle has not done anything yet this season. He, I don't know if he's still working into things, if Jimmy G just doesn't trust him yet, I don't know. 
but he only had two catches for 24 yards, and you probably paid up for him in your draft in the third, fourth, maybe fifth round. I don't know if you were really lucky, but not what you're expecting from what should be your constant starting tight end. But Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's tough. Now, this something that we probably could have talked about more fitting in our first episode, but something that I've wondered is the average fantasy league size, right? Cause that'll, that'll dictate rounds and stuff when you're, when you're picking. Cause like, I think from what I can tell the, the league that you and I are in, like the league that we're in together has 12 teams and that's quite a bit. Yeah. I think the average runs from 10 to 12. It doesn't. Okay. Every time they yeah. people talk through like fantasy shows and stuff, it seems like the six to eight is more what they're doing. So like you're for us, if, if it was a 16 league versus us, like our first round of players is like their first two rounds <laughs> of, of people that they're picking. So yeah, I wondered about that. Okay. That's good to know that we're more on the average. Yeah, no. Um, as far as I can tell, most leagues do, you want to aim for a 10 as your kind of minimum because it, mm-hmm. it helps diversify the league, right? Because if you only have six teams, everyone is going to have an all-star team. I mean, oh, that's very just true. I the totally nature agree. of it, right? I think it's more competitive to have between 10 and 12 teams. Like, I think that's 10, 10 or 12, I think is really good. It's more competitive. And it makes it so you can have an 18 playoff and have four teams not make, like, you know, that. I think that's pretty good. Now, something that we'll talk about on a future episode, I think one of these weeks, maybe when it's slow or we're gearing up for the Super Bowl, Josh, we can do a deep dive into our league and really dissect it from this past year. So a little tease for that whenever we do that episode. The league might be facing a potential expansion issue next year. We'll get to that at a later date. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll save that for a later date. And, uh, we'll Just a little tease. For- okay, we'll move forward. Stick around to this podcast for the next couple of months because eventually we're going to embarrass people we know by talking about their teams on this podcast <laughs> and going into the dynamics of our league. Public shaming. Public shaming. Public <laughs> shaming. Lots of discussions. Full names. Names, backstories. <laughs> all details will come will come out in, in oh. well, an episode we'll call Let's Expose the Shepherd Football Pool or whatever our league's called. What's our league name? I don't even remember. Something I don't changed. even remember either. I'm pretty sure it's Shepherd Football. <laughs> just gonna so, ex- expose the shepherd family most of the she- it's a half of its shepherds yep with some possible expansion I'm telling you we got we got teams buying to be in might have to do some sort of a registration fee expansion fee that's what they call it spread that out between the owners <laughs> All right. great. you have to pay seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to join <laughs> to join our league <laughs> oh god yeah so now it's a, a league of zero Perfect. Now it's a league of nobody. <laughs> no one, no one's, no one's in it. All right, we'll move on to this upcoming week here. Starts and sits. Um, so, like I say every week, we're not going to go in depth about all of them. You can read a full in depth about why you should start or sit anyone on the uh, website conqueredraft.com. The article will be posted on Friday. You can get to full breakdown on there. But we'll start off with our quarterbacks. So, starts of the week at quarterback, we had Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Joe Burrow. Um, you're saying he's a start. 
He's up against the Ravens. Um, I My feeling was just they'd have a bounce back week playing after playing the Bills, but you think Burrow can take advantage of the way their defense has been playing? Yeah, I think he can take advantage of their defense. And, I mean, I mean Burrow is not a bad quarterback. He'll, Unless there's a very good reason not to, you should probably be starting him irregardless mm. unless you have a, a good other option. But the Ravens' defense has not been playing the way they historically do. No. Um, like I s- said earlier in the show, this is the second time now they've allowed a big comeback. One was against Tua, now the other is against Josh Allen. And Joe Burrow is in that realm of conversation. I mean, he is not, you know, like top two quarterbacks, but he is certainly in the top ten. And I think that with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon, he has enough weapons there that he can have a good game against uh, against the Ravens. And yeah. the flip side of it is the Ravens' offense is good enough that they're going to be putting points on the board and forcing the Bengals to be aggressive or they're going to fall behind. And that right. is always good when you have a fantasy quarterback because yes. if you're playing from behind, you're unless you're the Chicago Bears, you're throwing the ball a lot. So yeah. I think I, I think he should be fine, and uh, maybe it'll be another game like last week where it starts off strong and then tapers off. But I think he can do it. Um, okay, let's spend exactly forty-two seconds longer on Trevor Lawrence. And just say, yeah, I get it. I understand why you're saying stardom. They're playing Houston. Last week was terrible. Like, I get he was playing, you know, Philadelphia, right? So, like, I I understand that that's a completely different matchup. I just, I would be very hesitant, depending upon who you are. Like, again, my my situation here is between Lawrence and Geno Smith. So, you're saying start Lawrence here. What, what What are your thoughts in 42 seconds? Well, they're going against the Texans, like you said, and the Texans have a bad. <laughs> you could have left it there. Well, they're going against the Texans. <laughs> yeah, that to me, this is a get-right game for Jacksonville. So I think James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, I think they're both going to have great bounce-back weeks this week. And now the downside to it is that Trevor Lawrence might be too productive, and they get out to a big lead off the start, and then they don't need him to do anything after that, and they just run the ball. So. Yeah. That could be a downside, but hopefully before that happens, Lawrence has a has a big enough game that even if it does occur, you're fine. Yeah, no, Houston and Geno Smith's taking on New Orleans. So, <laughs> but, but again, tough decision because their defense yeah. has not been great either. <laughs> no, but I think New Orleans has a better defense than the Texans. So just in terms of matchup, I think Lawrence has the better matchup this week. But, hey, let's see. I mean, you made the right decision, I guess, in starting Tua. Unfortunately, he got injured. Yeah, I thought I did, too, because he probably would have had a very good game had he not been yeah. injured. Um, and that's a very, very unfortunate situation for him. But it looks like looks like he will be recovering. So, yes, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think Lawrence probably just had a week against a very, very good defense. He's going to have a bounce-back week against a terrible one. So let's hope that happens. Hey. Exactly. So we'll move on to our running backs. So we have Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, as well as James Robinson and Saquon Barkley. I guess, I mean, 
from everything you just said, like I think Robinson's super clear and Barkley has been having some good weeks, so I understand that. You've got the Harris Stevenson combo here. Walk us through that. Yeah, so if you watched the game last week against the Packers, um, obviously the Patriots were without Mac Jones, and then they ended up losing Brian Hoyer very early in the game due to, I believe it was a concussion. So their third-string quarterback, uh, rookie Bailey Zappi, Zappa, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't think it's, he, is it, I think it's Zappi. I don't think it's Zappa, but I think it's Zappi. Yeah, we'll call him Zappy. That's just more fun to say. Yeah. Hopefully that's right. Um, So he obviously coming in against Aaron Rodgers, no one would expect big things out of that. And he did okay. I mean, he threw for 100 yards and a touchdown. But the Patriots really leaned on their running game. Uh, Harris had 18 carries. Stevenson had 14. They both posted relatively decent fantasy weeks, um, especially if you're in PPR formats. And I think that's just going to be the norm until Mac Jones is back. Mm. And I mean, even even with Mac Jones, the running game has really been the only thing that's been consistently decent for the Patriots. So I think that if you have one of the two of them, you're probably okay to start them as a flex option. Unfortunately, you're right. They're both in the same backfield. They are going to limit each other. But I think the dependence on the run and their... I don't know, I guess their insistence on keeping them both involved, because, I mean, they both are very good football players. Mm-hmm. It it won't be as good as if they only had one playing, but still having 80% from them seems to be working out pretty well. And uh, this week they're going up against... Uh, they're going up against the Lions. The Lions have... Like we already talked about, they don't have a defense. They just said, no, you go ahead and score. We'll deal with that. Um, (laughs) And we just saw Rashad Penny absolutely run right through them. So I think Harris and Stevenson, with how much I think they're going to have to lean on them and the matchup that they have, I think they both should be fine. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe even just as your flex, you know, if you have two other good running back options, I'm not saying sit someone else to start them. But as your second or third Running back for the week, absolutely get them in there. So we'll move on to our wide receivers. So we got uh, Dante Smith, Curtis Samuel, and Alan Lazard. Well, <laughs> not to be completely uh, only wanting to talk about players that I either had or recently had or traded away. <laughs> um, I mean, Lazard, like, come on, give up on Green Bay. Give up on them. I get it. I get they're going to win games, but like, what? what's he going to do? Catch one touchdown and have 70, 60, 50 yards? Like, he, he gets – I just had him and traded away. He gets seven, eight, or nine points a week consistently, but he doesn't go over that. Like he just gets just seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, so this is – Alan Lazard is more of a, a better option if you're in a PPR league because – He's getting the targets. I mean, his receptions have been going up every week. His targets have been going up every week. And his fantasy points have been going up every single week. Um, If you're in a standard league format, unfortunately, yeah, you probably are banking on uh, that touchdown like Mike was. And this past week, he did not deliver one. But in PPR formats, he had 17 points because he was (laughs) catching so many passes. Yes. So, which I don't agree with. Okay, that's the thing, <laughs> and I think yeah, you Mike, are on the same page of this. But I, Mike, I don't agree. Mike has issues with the PPR format. I'm more, 
I'm more open-minded to it. I mean, I don't think you should get a point for catching the football. But everyone gets a point, right? So it, it does even out in the grand scheme of things, but it does put an increased value on those guys who get targeted yes. a lot. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying where Lazard had, okay, he had 116 yards, so he gets 11 points. Great. 116 yards, no touchdowns. He's a 17-point player. I have a problem with that. I'm fine with someone being like, oh, he had a 100-yard game, so you're going to make sure to at least get 10 points. But I think you need to be scoring touchdowns to to elevate to that next to that next level. Um, again, it just makes touchdowns more valuable. His third week, 45 yards and a touchdown, so he had 10, 10 and a half points. So that's that's a relatively good week. To say he's a 16 or 17 because he, he caught six or seven passes for 45 yards and suddenly that's a good week, I don't think so. Catching the ball is the one thing you should be able to do to be in the NFL, period. <laughs> okay, so, so you don't want to reward them for just showing up. You only I don't want, reward them no, for I don't it. want the college try. Everybody gets one point for trying. No, okay. Everyone gets a point because you tried. You showed up and you played. No, not good enough for me. Well, if you have him in a PPR league, he is a good start this week just due to he is still getting a ton of targets even with the connection with Romeo Dobbs that uh, Aaron Rodgers has developed. And uh, he's only, in the three games he's played, he's scored a touchdown in two of them. So you still have good odds that he'll get in the end zone because Carson, uh, Aaron Rodgers looks to his direction when they get in tight. But we'll move on away from the the PPR conversation and switch to tight ends for the week. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. No, oh, geez. Again, that is Mike. <laughs> at. <laughs> hey, I only got one hate mail for it. Oh, perfect. That's a lot less than I was expecting. Actually. You'll have to, uh, you'll have to send that one to me. I will. I will forward it to you. Yeah. So we'll move on to tight ends this week. Uh, Gerald Everett and Dallas Goddard are the, the two tight end starts for the week. <clears throat> And uh, I think Goddard will. Goddard has been good throughout the season. He has not been great, but he has been good. And like we've talked about for tight ends, I mean, sometimes that's just what you got to get because the alternative is much, much worse. And like we already said, they were playing in a, a very rainy game. The Eagles weren't focusing on the pass very much unless they needed a first down. And mm-hmm. that's just going to limit all the receivers' yeah. uh, fantasy outlook, right? But. Now, this week, they're going up against the Cardinals, who have a very bad defense that Baker Mayfield could not exploit. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, but Kyler Murray should be able to keep the Cardinals at least involved in this game. I don't expect... Mm-hmm. I expect the Eagles will probably win this matchup, but Murray should be able to keep it at least a close enough game that Hurts has to keep throwing the ball to keep the pressure on. Yeah. And I think I think Goddard will be able to benefit from that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. But we'll move on to our our sits for this week, and our quarterbacks are Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, and Kenny Pickett. So I want to talk about Mayfield and Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like I just said, Mayfield could not exploit the Cardinals' defense. It was absolutely painful to watch. I, I pretty much had to stop watching because I was getting so frustrated with the way they were running <laughs> running the ball, and I'm not even a Panthers fan. I mean, full disclosure, I have Christian McCaffrey on my team, so watching him not be overly involved is super frustrating. 
but Mayfield has just been terrible for for the NFL and for fantasy this year. And do you want to know which court? Do you want to know a name of a quarterback that has more points right now than Baker Mayfield? Oh, geez, sure. Davis Mills. Oh my God! Yeah, that adds up. <laughs> that adds up because I mean, at least they've been involved in a high-scoring game or two. I don't know if the Panthers have even broken like 21 points this season. I think they had 24 in their loss in week one, and then they have yet to get back to 24. I'm pretty sure. I would have to look it up, but I know they lost like 26 to 24 or something in the first week. Oh, yeah, you're right. They lost to Cleveland 26 24. Okay. The reason why, because I was paying close attention to that game because I had Mayfield at the time, started him. He, I think he had 20 points or whatever, and it was fine. But I thought he, they were going to like have a big high scoring game because it was his return, like hit him in Cleveland. Like his, like, not return. He, I think they were in Carolina, but like his playing his former team. And often you see a quarterback against their former team will often elevate and have a, a crazy game. And yeah, you know, mid twenties in scoring is fine, but they lost by two. <laughs> they like they just couldn't win it. Yeah, and I think all of us were expecting if he was going to do well, it would have been in that one. And mm. since then, he's just been on decline. I, I think so- he's yeah. Looking at the thing that I'm looking at here, he's uh, had less points every single week. Like it's yep. just been a decline weekly. You can see the numbers. <laughs> yep, exactly. Each week he's been getting progressively worse, and now they're going up up against. Uh, the 49ers defense that just complete didn't even let the Rams score a touchdown on Monday Night Football. So after last week, you can probably just drop Mayfield off your bench and you can find a Davis Mills on your waiver wire because apparently he's a better option. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll quickly just talk about Kenny Pickett. So I've been a big fan of Pickett and I've been saying that the Steelers should be switching from Trubisky to Pickett this whole season. <clears throat> they finally did it last week. Um, he threw three interceptions but uh, he made up for it with his ability on the ground. Now, unfortunately, this week he's going up against the Bills. And yeah, he's going to get slaughtered. Yeah, it's not a good game for a, a rookie to start in with the way just the Pittsburgh offense has been running anyways. So I think that Pickett will be fine down the road because he will have those. He does have that ability like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Hurts to run the ball. But... Mm-hmm. This is definitely going to be a one-sided game for the Bills, so I would just keep pick it on your bench if you picked him up and uh, just save him for a better matchup down the road. But uh, we'll move on to some running back sits for the week. So I've got uh, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, and Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I think those make sense. I, I guess the only thing about Elliott that I maybe you can kind of clarify there is, you know. I mean, Cooper Rush is playing a lot better than I think anyone suspected. Um, but I I still would think that, well, aren't they going to use the running game with, when they have a backup quarterback in? Like, aren't they going to try to establish that running game? I think that they will. But unfortunately, Tony Pollard... Now, Pollard had a bad week last week. But outside of that, he has been very heavily involved in the offense. Mm. And so that that's capping... Elliot's fantasy upside. It's kind of like Harris and Stevenson, but Elliot hasn't been playing that great either. I mean, he's averaged like last week, 
he did okay in PPR formats. He had 10 points. I mean, like that's, that's not a great week, but it didn't kill you either, but he was averaging two and a half yards a carry. So that's not great. Mm. Um, the week before that, again, that was against the giants. Both him and Pollard did very well, actually, but it's just, it's just not been very consistent for Elliot this week or this year. Mm. And his production in terms of fantasy has not been very good. Like 14 and a half points in PPR format is his season high right now. And now they're going up against the Rams defense. Jeff Wilson Jr. just had a good game against them. But I think Tony Pollard is going to be back to how he was earlier in the season and more involved and the more effective runner. Um, And ultimately, I mean, we talked about this earlier in the season, the Cowboys offensive line has taken a hit and it's just completely dampened the way their offense has been able to run. So it's not really Elliot's fault by any means. Like I like him as a player. I just do not like him going up this week against the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so wide receivers for this week, uh, Deontay Johnson, Josh Reynolds, and Tyler Lockett are the sits for this week. And uh, the Reynolds stuff here, um, I guess you just thinking Detroit's not going to have a great game or some of they get some injured players back? Well, I think if Almond or St. Brown comes back, then Reynolds will be a non-factor anyways because that's where the ball is going to go. Mm. But unfortunately for him, even if... Almanara St. Brown does stay out. They're going up against the Patriots defense who almost beat Aaron Rodgers despite having a third string quarterback. And I know your feelings about Aaron Rodgers, so I won't linger on that thought. (laughs) But still, the Patriots defense is a good defense. They almost always are. And this year is no different. So I think Jared Goff will have a harder time putting up as many points against them as he did against a Seattle defense that was not overly great. Um, now I guess, I don't know, I'm hedging my bets here. I'll just full disclosure. If Almond Ross St. Brown is out, maybe you can put Reynolds in as a flex, Mm -hmm. but I think if you have two or three other good options, I would leave him on the bench because this is not a good matchup. Bill Belichick knows what he's doing and he knows that, uh, if Almond Ross St. Brown is out, Hawkinson and Reynolds are the two guys that they're probably going to be throwing the ball to. So he's going to have the defense looking at them. Yeah. And then we'll f- finish up with our tight end sits on the week. Uh, just two, Dalton Schultz and Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz has been a top tight end so far on the season. I think he's top five in regardless of the format that you're playing in, really. But And my issue's not with him. My issue's with Kyler Murray. Because Murray has not been doing great for fantasy. And if you watch him on the NFL, like most of his big plays are because the play is broken down and he is just running around dodging defenders as if his life depends on it. Like I was going to say sporadically, but I I mean, kind of, he's not, there's not as much of a plan. Like when you watch Lamar Jackson run around, he's a little more controlled with, with his scrambling where he kind of has points where like, okay, I know I can go here. I know I can go here. Like he starts thinking like a running back. I don't really see that with Murray. Like it just seems like exactly what you're saying. He's just running for his life, trying to kind of stay, stay up. I I mean this as respectfully as I possibly could, but all whenever I watch the game and I see him just take off like that and he is running for his life, 
all I hear is just that circus music, you know, like. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the, uh, what was the UK one? Uh, that's like, oh, I can't even, I can't remember the tune. It's like, on the t- it's one of those things on the tip of my tongue where it's, it's, there's this tune of, I'll send it to you if I find it. It's like sporadic, like running around. Uh, it used to be in a lot of UK comedies um, <laughs> where you just don't know what's going on. I'll send it to you. I think I know which one you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Either work, because he is just dodging people, literally as if his life depends on it. Arms are flailing, he is just giving it. And I mean, he is a great athlete, he can run the ball, but so many of these times, that's clearly not what the play was meant to be. It's clearly, okay, we're passing the ball, and something went wrong, so now he's running to try to just salvage the play. Hmm. Um, So going up against uh, the Eagles this week, I think Murray is going to be running for his life quite a bit. And I just don't think that the passing game is going to do that great. I don't think the Cardinals are going to do that great as a unit against uh, the Eagles because of that just, I don't know, inconsistency, I guess, in how they've been able to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, I don't like Zacherts this week, but I completely understand if you have to start him anyways, because like we already talked about, the tight end position is very bleak and overall he's been good so far. So I completely understand if he's forced into your lineup. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. A lot out there. So exactly. But maybe if you had, uh, if you had Zach Ertz and Gerald Everett, for example, or an Njoku, maybe go with them this week. But if he's your best option and that's all you got, then I understand. I'm not going to fault you for it. I just don't love the matchup this week. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, we did get one uh, fan question come in over social media. Um, All right. So this is also a good time to remind people that if you want to send in a question, you can email us. Um, Josh, what's the email? Contact at ConquerYourDraft.com? Con- yep, that's right. Contact at ConquerYourDraft.com. You can also just go to ConquerYourDraft.com and find our contact information there. Um, and then you can also feel free to DM us like on social media. Like we've got Twitter. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, find us at Conquer Your Draft. Um, but this question is specific to Gabriel Davis. Um, so uh, I, I, they didn't answer me about permission for use of names, so I'm not going to use uh, their name just to be sure. But this individual is wondering whether or not Gabriel Davis is worth keeping on your team or trying to get rid of. I thought that Davis was going to have a pretty good year this year and be the number two tar- target for Allen. He was injured, but in the two weeks he's been back, he has been a non-factor. What are your thoughts? I think that you should hold on to Davis. Yeah, actually, you were pretty good. Like, you were pretty high on Davis at the beginning of the year, weren't you? Yeah, I am high on Davis. And I think that that injury is bothering him a bit more maybe than the Bills are leading on. I did see a report. I can't remember when it was last week, but that he had tweaked his... uh, that injury again in practice. Mm. So I don't think he's fully recovered from it. But if you look at week one, when he was fully healthy, he was a very good target for Josh Allen. Now, since then, I don't think that, I guess basically what I'm trying to say is I don't think he's fully healthy yet. And I think they're just putting him on the field because he wants to be out there and they want him out there. So I think if you stay a bit patient with him, keep, Maybe don't start him until you see that production start to come back. But I think down the line that he is still going to be a very good part of this offense. Um, but I think you're better off waiting until you see that that game. Okay, he's back. 
this yeah. is he's back at full strength. He's part of the game plan. Yeah. But he, the value that he presents, especially when you get down the line and more injuries are happening throughout the the league, I think you would regret dumping him right now and that he should he should be good later on down the line. Yeah, um, I mean, if it makes uh, this user feel uh, any better, I have Davis in our league, and I plan on keeping him for exactly the same time frame you just said. Let, let him get over the injury. See how he plays, because that's another big weapon that came that comes into the offense for the Bills. And, you know, he did have a great first week before getting injured. It's not like he hasn't shown. So he caught a touchdown. He had a good, you know, first week. Him and Diggs were a good one-two punch see what happens yeah exactly i think he'll benefit from just the attention that defenses have to give to uh, stefan diggs once he's healthy mm. right now i think that people are just gonna I, I think josh allen is even just leaving him kind of by the wayside because he is not he's just not up there he's not up yeah. to speed yet yeah not yet um well there you go that's fan question just a reminder definitely go to the website conqueredraft.com email us at contact at conqueredraft.com or send us a direct message uh, like you saw there. Um, and you can definitely uh, get uh, your comments read on the show. Yeah. And uh, I don't mean to cut you off there, Mike. There's also, if you go to the Conquer Draft website on our podcast page, there's just a little form that you can fill out and you can just send it your question in directly through that as well. Even easier for people. Go right on the website, go to the podcast page, and just fill out a form. What do you need to, what do we need people to submit? Just like a name, name and email? Name, email, and your question. Yeah. That's about just it. Just confirm you're human and you have an email. Pretty <laughs> that's, much. That's, it. that's pretty much it. Yep. That is it. And then, uh, yeah, just specify uh, maybe what week you're talking about, just in case um, we get a lot of questions, and we'll do our best to answer them for you guys. Podcast is out every Friday, so keep that in mind, everybody. If, if you send us a question on Saturday about something coming up on Sunday, you're probably not going to get answered. <laughs> so yeah. Try to email at the beginning of the week as you're doing your wave wire. But that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, hopefully, um, people will set their lineups and get ready for another really exciting week. Um, again, you know, we, we're not touching too much of the Thursday nighter because it's already happened. But uh, we'll be back next week to recap what I hope will be another exciting week. Oh, I'm sure it will be. This season has been <laughs> very exciting so far. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, good luck with your matchups this week.